Welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. This week, I want to talk about something that happened in church. We uh, we do God moments uh, on a weekly basis, and God moments are just time that anyone can share whatever they want if they feel like they felt God, saw God, um, noticed God's work in someone, something, or in their life. Um, this week, one of the ladies shared a story, um, the tragedies that have happened recently um, affected her in that her cousin was near the shooting in El Paso and and she was on her way to that Walmart and got delayed and and you know she just raised it as a god moment that her cousin wasn't there when the shootings took place and i listened and affirmed her but the thought that came across to me was well there in the store it wasn't a god moment for a whole lot of families. And like in all the tragedies that we have in our life, there are God moments to be found. And there are moments that feel anything but a God moment. What it brings up to me is the idea, the scripture that says, well, God makes the sun to shine on the good and the bad, the just and the unjust alike. God makes the rain to shine on the just and the unjust, the good and the bad alike. As if to say that blessings happen and bad things happen and a whole lot of in-between stuff happens to all of us. Whether you believe in God or don't believe in God, whether you're faithful or not faithful, whether you're generally good or generally not so good, The sun still shines, the overcast comes, the rains come in each one of our lives. And I never believed in God so that God would be good to me. I always felt like God was good to me, and that makes me want to be good to God, that life is beautiful, and what I want to do is help keep it that way. But the other thing that that brings in is that I'm not really a Pollyanna. Um, I know that life has some really dark times and some tragic times. And for any of the any of the tragedies that we've talked about, or the tornadoes that come, or or the jobs that got get lost, I mean, bad things happen, and we should do our best to help them not happen and to shine our light when they happen, but they happen. And believing in God isn't a guarantee in my life, an insurance policy in my life that they won't happen to me. I wish I could give you that, but I can't. The sun shines, the rain falls on everyone. What I can give you is a scripture that has become real important to me. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to God's purposes. That doesn't mean that good things will always happen or that in the midst of tragedy, you should say to somebody, oh, but God can make something good of this. But it is also a chance to say to you before those things happen, that when they happen, understand that God can make something good of this. That it's not a, it's not a proof that God doesn't love you that God isn't caring for you or doesn't want good for you. It's just life. 
and death, blessing and tragedy. But if you keep pursuing what you know will lead you to life, if you keep pursuing the things that you know God wants you to pursue, then God will bring you to a place of peace, of strength, of healing, and even of joy. In school, in my ministerial school, we're talking a lot about the idea of why do bad things happen to good people? Because um, my my professor, this quitter, is a spiritual leader of a Sufi community. And he was saying like, that's probably the most asked question that any spiritual leader will get. Yep. And it's a big reason why people leave the church in tragedy. And it's also a reason why people come to the church in tragedy. Yep. And different people have different answers. Like over the years as a spiritual leader, you kind of come to have an answer to a question like that. And I was wondering like, what do you have kind of a standard answer to that question? Why? Because I mean, that's what you're describing here. Like right. maybe a more realistic question than why do good things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? Is like, why do bad things happen to anybody? Why does God let bad things happen to anybody, right? Yeah. But those questions do get asked in both ways. I had a friend who lost her twelve, her only 12-year-old daughter. Yeah. Um, she was electrocuted mm-hmm. and, and died. And she said one of the hardest things was then going out in public and see people mistreating their kids. Yeah. And she would say, God, why didn't you take that kid? They would have been thankful that you got them out of that situation. Yeah. Why did you take my daughter who was loved and cared for? Yeah. Why didn't bad things happen to those bad people? Mm -hmm. Why do they still get their kids? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, So it is asked in that way, too. Yeah. You know? But more so, it's asked, why didn't good things happen to me all the way? Mm -hmm. Because I deserve them, because I've been good. Mm -hmm. What's the answer to that? I mean, what's your answer? (laughs) I mean, how many, you've been a ministerial, you've been at least in that role for almost 40 years, right? Yeah, 42. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And... The wisest answer I've ever been able to find is, I don't know. It just happens. Life happens. You know, why does God not protect us? And I had a woman who lost, her family visited her on Thanksgiving. And on the way home, driving through New York, there was a 30-some car pileup. Mm-hmm. And two people died, and it was her two grandchildren. And she said, why? Why did God take these two beautiful children who were loved and cared for and spared everyone else, including the people who caused the accident? And I said, well, you know, it's hard for me to say, mm-hmm. but God didn't take these children they they were killed based on a series of events that led to their death. And I thought that I was a young minister then, and I thought that was going to get me out. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, but God let it happen. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, shoot. Because there's plenty of guidepost stories 
of those same situations where some angel came and lifted the car out of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are times that it seems the natural order of things gets changed. Right. Somebody who's dying of cancer gets healed. Right. Those things happen. And so my biggest answer is, I don't know. It's it's life. Life has no guarantees. I don't know. I don't know whether to push back on that or not. Push back? <laughs> Please push back. Obviously, in those situations when I'm dealing with somebody who asks that question. Yeah. I do just say, I don't make up answers. Mm-hmm. It, I'm sorry, you push back and then we'll, then we'll go on. Well, I guess I'm just like, my, my honest thoughts are like, you are a spiritual leader for over 40 years and you're the child of a spiritual leader. Like, if you don't know the answer to this like clear and common question, then... Is that really a good testament to the path that you're on? <laughs> That's what I really thought. Awesome. That's great. Um, and I also really love and respect you and love and respect the path that you're on. But I mean, that's my feeling. It's like, really? I don't know is the answer? Yeah. Is it? I mean, my I don't know is a, a more humble answer <laughs> than there is no answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long has this question be asked mm-hmm. of great spiritual leaders? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have we stopped asking that question? No, but it is an interesting point, actually. And this might be completely off topic and might be something I just have to edit out. But like in other religious traditions, there are answers to this question. But that is actually common in general. Like, with Christianity. Many times in Christianity, the answer to some of these big questions is, I don't know, which is deemed very humble and um, like full of integrity to answer the question in that way. Because the idea is that like God knows the answers to these questions and like my human mind isn't capable to understand these answers. And I've always wondered if that comes back to like the Garden of Eden, where like the big misstep we took was eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so now, like, the um, the kind of best answer in a situation like that actually is I don't know, because what you're saying basically is God knows. Right. God knows everything. And so I will find peace in the fact that I don't know, because my Father in Heaven does know. Right. right? Well, and thank you, because that is ultimately where those conversations go, mm-hmm. um, is that someday we will know right. when we see God clearly. Mm-hmm. And we can save up all those questions, but once we see God clearly, we're not going to have to ask them. Right. But I did a funeral for a woman who was beaten by her boyfriend. And at the funeral, I started with all the questions that many of the people in that group had had. Well, her mother was a Jehovah Witness. Mm-hmm. And when the funeral was over, she came up and handed me a pamphlet. Mm -hmm. And she said, this will answer all your questions. Mm -hmm. And it gave me answers. Didn't answer all my questions. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm asking because most Eastern religions do have answers to these questions. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) And I have a 
I have been in situations where like ministers have also given that answer that I don't know answer. And I always found it very admirable that they said, I don't know, but it is interesting. Like if you're someone who doesn't have a strong connection to Jesus and you're kind of just shopping for like the best philosophy, that is a real lack in Christianity is like clear definitive answers about some of these confusing aspects of life on earth. And do they, do they work? Well, I mean, it is, it is known that people that live in Eastern countries that believe in reincarnation are actually happier in general in life, despite their um, like less materially successful circumstances. And it's been attributed to the fact that they believe in reincarnation. And so they accept the difficulties of this life, knowing that those are results of actions that they took in previous lives. So it's easy, like the idea is that it's easier to swallow difficulties because there isn't this feeling of like, why me? This kind of victim mentality. Because it's like if you brought home like a C from your math class, but you knew you didn't do the work well, well, you kind of accept it. Opposed to like if we're doing really well and then you get a C, you become really angry at the teacher. There's like an acceptance when you know where the result is coming from. Right. So does it work? I don't know. You know what I mean? People are still living and dying and <laughs> struggling. Um, right. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like I'm thinking of the death of a child. You know, mm-hmm. I can easily tell a parent that I know mm-hmm. that God loves that child. Right. I know that God has picked up that child and brought her home. Mm-hmm. And that she's not in pain. Right. And that she understands things that we can only even dream about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that doesn't fill the arms of her mother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? Those are all things I believe that to me are answers. But that doesn't fill the arms of a mom. Yeah, and it's. I think that's the thing is like this... I, I haven't studied grief that much, so I don't really know. But I'm sure that's one of the steps of grief, right? Like this, like, why question. Right, right. And even, like, when these kind of m- m- public tragedies happen, everyone always goes to the why. And in a way, like, in hopes of separating themselves from the situation. Yeah. Why did it happen there? Oh, it happened there because those people were out late at night. And I never go out late at night, so I should be fine. Right. Or, oh, it happened there because, like that area of town is not good and I never go to that area of town. So I should be right. You know, but that's why we want answers, right? Yeah. To try to protect ourselves so that we can know what we can do so that it doesn't happen to us. Right. And I guess that is a place where all of the religions I have studied anyway, agree, whether you know the reason or not, it's going to happen to you. Right. The bad stuff is going to happen to you. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you may die. Yeah. That's scripture from Ecclesiastes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So to me, the positive in that is that I am in no, well, I have little control over what is going to happen to me. Right. At some point, no matter how control-oriented I am, I can't control everything, you know? And things are going to happen to me because I'm not good enough, big enough, smart enough to 
protect myself from all things. What I can control is my response to all things. I can choose how to respond when things happen that I don't want to happen, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what can make my life not only bearable, but peaceful, strong, yeah. and even joyful. Yeah, that makes me think of that beautiful example of that Amish shooting, remember? Like right. where the shooter went into the Amish school and shot and killed the children there. And then yeah. that very night, the parents of those children went to the parents of the shooter's home and told them that yeah. they were forgiven. Yeah. And I was reading about that recently. And they, the Amish people were saying like that forgiveness is for them. That was upholding the covenant they had with God because they were forgiving like those who had done them wrong. Right. And that was obviously something taught to them and instituted in them beforehand. Yes. And practiced in much smaller ways, I would imagine. Yeah. Yes. Right. But yeah, I mean, talk about like a, the options for how you respond to a situation. Like it, I wouldn't have even thought that that option was on the table. Right. So I'm going to have to go brush up my response. <laughs> um, well, no, maybe it, it probably works really well for people. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But I think I like how, I actually really like what you're saying now, which is whether we think we know or whether we think we don't know why these things do happen, but the choice that we have in the situation is how we move forward. Right. I mean, Janardin, this sounds so silly, but Janardin even says that to me since if I wake up late on a day and I'm like really bummed that I woke up so late, I work from home. So like I keep my own schedule basically. And sometimes I'll wake up late and then I'll say like, oh, I'm so mad I woke up late and I wanted to wake up early and I wanted to like get going. And he always says like, yeah, but just start now. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's that, um, that old saying that if I want an apple's, the best time to plant an apple tree was 10 years ago. Right. The next best time is now. Right. I guess for this week, try to catch yourself once in a time where you would have said, oh man, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? And just catch yourself once so that you can say, oh, wait a minute. Let's remember what Bob and, and Amy said. Let's, uh, let me ask in this situation, what am I going to do based on what's just happened? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are super excited about this podcast and the community we are hoping to form around it. We really want you to reach out and share your responses and reflections. Right now, we have three main ways to do that. You can either comment right on the podcast post on Facebook, which will be posted weekly on my dad's Bob Hollis Facebook page. You can private message him through Facebook as well, or you can email us at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. We will be releasing a new episode each week, and we are so excited and grateful for all of your support. Thank you so much.